Hi, welcome to Just Thinking Out Loud. My name is Desiree. Today, I want to discuss with you an ongoing news story involving Google wokeness and an ethical AI researcher named Timnit Gebru. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. This is a story that's quite interesting to me because it is almost a culmination of events that I've discussed in the past, including the one with James Damore and his being fired, which wasn't mentioned at all in any of the articles that I've read. And also I did a recent video on the lack of diversity in tech companies. Well, this one was specifically business with the Wells Fargo CEO who was lambasted recently because he said that they just could not find enough talent. Oh my God, what am I doing? This specific story starts with Dr. Timnit Gebru. It's important to say that she is well respected by, I guess, people who follow what she does. And also Jeff Dean, who is also well respected, even though he's not given much accolade in most of the stories that I have been reading. I am going to go into detail about what was actually exchanged between these people and then give my opinion throughout and at the end. On December 2, Timnit Gebru took to Twitter to say that she was fired by Jeff Deed for her email to Brain Woman and Allies and that her corp account had been cut off and so she had been immediately fired, smiley face. She said that she didn't know how things had escalated so quickly. Why did this happen? Well, there is some confusion here because the person who fired her, her boss, said that she had not been following protocol when it came to some research that she was doing. It's involving bias in AI, which stands for artificial intelligence. Well, she said that she was being silenced and censored and doesn't mention the timeline and the protocol issue at all. So there's this big storm on Twitter with people defending Timnit Gebru, and she's basically complaining about what happened and saying that it happened unfairly and that it had to do with the issues that she was bringing up to Google as the co-head of the AI ethics department at Google. So she was in a very high position and she was hired due to research that she had done in the past that showed that there was bias in artificial technology, neural networks, and the training data that was used to train these models to then give predictions about humans. So here's the email that Gebru sent to Brain Women and Allies. I assume Brain Women and Allies is a group within Google that is interested in these ethics issues that Gebru talks about. I'm not quite sure. But she said, Hi friends, I had stopped writing here as you may know after all the micro and macro aggressions and harassments I received after posting my stories here and then of course it started being moderated. Recently however, I was contributing to a document that Catherine and Daphne were writing where they were dismayed by the facts that after all this talk, this org seems to have hired 14% or so women this year. Sammy, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, has hired 39% from what I understand, but he has zero incentive to do this. What I want to say is stop writing your documents because it doesn't make a difference. The DEI OKRs, diversity, equity, and inclusion objectives and key results that we don't know where they come from and are never met anyways, the random discussions, the open quote, we need more mentorship, close quote, 
rather than open quote we need to stop the toxic environments that hinder us from progressing close quote the constant fighting and education at your cost they don't matter because there is zero accountability there is no incentive to hire 39 percent women your life gets worse when you start advocating for underrepresented people you start making the other leaders upset when they don't want to give you good ratings during calibration there is no way more documents or more conversations will achieve anything. We just had a black research all hands with such an emotional show of exasperation. Do you know what happened since? Silencing in the most fundamental way possible. Have you ever heard of someone getting feedback, quote unquote feedback, on a paper through a privileged and confidential document to HR, human resources? Does that sound like a standard procedure to you? Or does it just happen to people like me who are constantly dehumanized? Imagine this, you've sent a paper for feedback to 30 plus researchers. You're awaiting feedback from public relations and policy, who you gave a heads up before you even wrote the work saying, open quote, we're thinking of doing this, close quote. Working on a revision plan, figuring out how to address different feedback from people. Haven't heard from public relations and policy besides them asking you for updates in two months. A week before you go out on vacation, you see a meeting pop up at 4.30 p.m. PST, Pacific Standard Time, on your calendar. This popped up at around 2 p.m. No one would tell you what the meeting was about in advance. Then, in that meeting, your manager's manager tells you, open quote, it has been decided, close quote that you need to retract this paper by next week, November 27, the week when almost everyone would be out and a date which has nothing to do with the conference process. You are not worth having any conversations about this since you are not someone whose humanity, let alone expertise recognized by journalists, governments, scientists, civic organizations such as Electronic Frontier Foundation and so on, is acknowledged or valued in this company. Then you ask for more information. What specific feedback exists? Who is it coming from? Why now? Why not before? Can you go back and forth with anyone? Can you understand what exactly is problematic and what can be changed? And you are told after a while that your manager can read you a privileged and confidential document and you're not supposed to even know who contributed to this document, who wrote the feedback, what process was followed or anything. You write a detailed document discussing whatever pieces of feedback you can find, asking for questions and clarifications, and it is completely ignored. And you're met with, once again, an order to retract the paper with no engagement whatsoever. Then, you try to engage in a conversation about how this is not acceptable, and people start doing the opposite of any sort of self-reflection, trying to find scapegoats to blame. Silencing marginalized voices like this is the opposite of the nothing about us without us principles which we discussed. And doing this in the context of responsible AI, quote unquote, adds so much salt to the wounds. I understand that the only things that mean anything at Google are levels. I've seen how my expertise has been completely dismissed. But now there's an additional layer saying any privileged person can decide that they don't want your paper out with zero conversation. So you're blocked from adding your voice to the research community. Your work, which you do on top of the other marginalization you face here. I'm always amazed at how people can continue to do a thing after thing like this and then turn around and ask me for some sort of extra diversity, equity, and inclusion work or input. This happened to me last year. I was in the middle of a potential lawsuit for which Kat Herder and I hired feminist lawyers who threatened to sue Google, which is when they backed off. Before that, Google lawyers were prepared to throw us under the bus and our leaders were following as instructed. 
And the next day I get some random quote unquote impact award, pure gaslighting. So if you would like to change things, I suggest focusing on leadership accountability and thinking through what types of pressures can also be applied from the outside. For instance, I believe that the Congressional Black Caucus is the entity that started forcing tech companies to report their diversity numbers. Writing more documents and saying things over and over again will tire you out, but no one will listen. So that was Timnit Gebru's email to this group because she had some paper, as you will see, that Google would not support her publishing. And so this is an email that Jeff Dean sent to Googlers. Hi everyone. I'm sure many of you have seen. <laughs> I want to talk like a guy. <laughs> Hi everyone. I'm sure many of you have seen that Tim Gebru is no longer working at Google. This is a difficult moment, especially given the important research topics she was involved in and how deeply we care about responsible artificial intelligence research as an org and as a company. Because there's been a lot of speculation and misunderstanding on social media, I wanted to share more context about how this came to pass and assure you we're here to support you as you continue the research you're all engaged in. I'm going to change my voice because someone could say I'm being biased. Timnit co-authored a paper with four fellow Googlers, as well as some external collaborators that needed to go through our review process, as is the case with all externally submitted papers. We've approved dozens of papers that Timnit and or the other Googlers have authored and then published. But as you know, papers often require changes during the internal review process or are even deemed unsuitable for submission. Unfortunately, this particular paper was only shared with a day's notice before its deadline. We required two weeks for this sort of review, and then instead of awaiting reviewer feedback, it was approved for submission and submitted. A cross-functional team then reviewed the paper as part of our regular process, and the authors were informed that it didn't meet our bar for publication and were given feedback about why. It ignored too much relevant research. For example, it talked about the environmental impact of large models, but disregarded subsequent research showing much greater efficiencies. Similarly, it raised concerns about bias in language models, but didn't take into account recent research to mitigate these issues. We acknowledge that the authors were extremely disappointed with the decision that Megan and I ultimately made, especially as they'd already submitted the paper. Timnit responded with an email requiring that a number of conditions be met in order for her to continue working at Google, including revealing the identities of every person who Megan and I had spoken to and consulted as part of the review of the paper and the exact feedback. Timnit wrote that if we didn't meet these demands, she would leave Google and work on an end date. We accept and respect her decision to resign from Google. Given Timnit's role as a respected researcher and a manager in our ethical AI, ethical artificial intelligence team, I feel badly that Timnit has gotten to a place where she feels this way about the work we're doing. I also feel badly that hundreds of you received an email just this week from Timnit telling you to stop work on critical diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. Please don't. I understand the frustration about the pace of progress, but we have important work ahead and we need to keep at it. I know we all genuinely share Timnit's passion to make artificial intelligence more equitable and inclusive. No doubt, wherever she goes after Google, she'll do great work, and I look forward to reading her papers and seeing what she accomplishes. Thank you for reading and for all the important work you continue to do. Jeff. So from reading both of those emails, it seems as if Timnit is saying that she was fired without being given any real understanding of why 
and also that she didn't have any recourse and she thinks that it has to do with her voice being marginalized and her when she brings up certain issues google not wanting to hear it and she's also telling all her other co-workers and complaining about what had happened right after this happened and remember she also went on twitter about it immediately after she's telling everybody else that they should just stop what they're doing because it won't make a difference and then jeff is saying actually this is a protocol issue they submitted the paper without going through the proper process and please don't stop doing this work on diversity equity and inclusion and that they think that she's a respectable researcher but they didn't think that her behavior was appropriate for her being in a managerial role so they are completely disagreeing on these things i think that there are usually multiple sides to a story so they probably both have a bit of merit i do think that in some ways she's been silenced but she is playing multiple roles she's not just an activist which is the only role she's taking she was also an employee of google and she was putting her activism before her role that role that she has and i think that she has to pick one she has to follow that protocol and it's not necessarily that google is wrong or that she's right or that they weren't listening to her but google has its own interests as a corporation and of course they're going to want to make sure that it seemed as if google didn't want to put their name attach their name to what she was submitting and that's what she was doing and so they absolutely have that right so you can say that she is being censored in some way and i can see that but at the same time she had a position as the head of the ethics department at google or the co-head so that is the most the highest position that you're gonna get in order to work with a corporation and just because you are being heard and listened to does not mean that you're going to get your way and i'm not seeing that from the way she responded if she goes and complains and then immediately talks about being her voice being marginalized so like at the first part of her letter i was agreeing okay i could see her side she feels like she's not able to have any recourse and she was immediately fired even though she was making a proposal that she would resign i can see that but then when she starts blaming it on just her being a marginalized voice and the persons who are firing her being privileged that to me throws her argument out the window i think that's actually manipulative because you're no longer focusing you're not even talking about the same things she's analyzing the situation and many people are through this lens of what i would call wokeness or you could call critical race theory or this idea that there are powerful groups uh, based usually on skin color and that whenever anything negative happens between these two groups you can say that it's an outgrowth of the already existing power plays going on between these groups so that is how she was analyzing it it distracts from any other way of looking at the situation and even if you could say that she's being censored if i have some sympathy for her in that way at the same time i think that google has the right to censor her because of the role that she's playing and i wouldn't expect anything less of a company i do not like google i think google censors people all the time i think that they generally are on the side of people like gabriel in terms of the identity politics stuff i personally would not take her side on this by going on twitter to complain about things she is absolving herself which is what happens when you analyze things through this lens of inner responsibility and room to grow as an individual because if something happens to you and you don't question maybe i did something wrong maybe i should look at the way the other person sees it then you're never if you don't ever receive that pushback then you're never going to you're never going to self-assess 
And that is a huge issue with this framework of analyzing interactions between people is that there's no responsibility assigned to the actual individuals. The responsibility is assigned to the mass of the group which they are a part of, the marginalized voice or the privileged voice that she put in the paper and uh, I think that's no good. Personally, if I were her, I would think to myself, maybe this is a sign that I should go and be an activist rather than go and try to collaborate with corporations and tech companies because I do think that those two roles clash and she was picking one. And I think she was in the position to create the change, which I don't agree with, but she was in the position to change what she wanted. That's the position that you want to be in if you want to have an influence on where artificial intelligence goes. But that doesn't mean that you can make demands. That's a dialogue. It doesn't mean that you necessarily get what you want because you are actually discussing a complex topic where people may disagree with you and it's not a given that you're right and they are wrong. And because she issued an ultimatum, I think that says a lot about where she's coming from. You don't issue ultimatums when you're trying to have a dialogue with someone, when you respect the other person's perspective and thinking. You think, I need to hear first what the other person has to say and then go from there. Personally, just for her as an individual, if she's not okay with working with a company that isn't moving forward in the way that she wants, then she has that right to issue that ultimatum. But it also means that she's not trying to collaborate, she's trying to have her own way. Now to think about this ongoing situation from another way, looking at the actual diversity issues that they're talking about, I was reading the article from Platformer News that gave both Gebru and Jeff Dean's email, and there is an argument that makes sense to me. So the way artificial intelligence models work is that they use training data that's supposed to be data from the world, and then the model makes predictions based off of new data, based off of the old data. So they train with the old data and then they say, this is what we expect to happen when you look at this new data based on this old data. That's a simplification, but I'm not here to talk about AI. They're saying that, open quote, the models are essentially trained by analyzing language from the internet, which doesn't reflect large swaths of the global population, not yet online according to the paper, close quote. And then the second part of the argument, open quote, Gabriel highlights the risk that the models will only reflect the worldview of people who have been privileged enough to be part of the training data. That, I don't agree with that part because anyone, anywhere, including Gabriel, including the supposedly unprivileged or underprivileged people will have some bias in whatever they do and whatever they create and it's going to exclude others the term privilege i think has this weight of moral indignation that does not need to be there because every single person carries with them this bias and they carry with them this privilege i don't think it should be called privilege it's just like life because people come from different circumstances they have different experiences they have different advantages and disadvantages What's about the worldview of an uneducated individual, someone who is not like Gebru, someone who is illiterate, who doesn't have their information uploaded all the time? What about the people who don't have the time to be woke? They're also not having their worldview influencing these things. Yes, you could consider these things an issue if you want, but that's only because these are the modern social justice issues of the day. I think people care a lot about black and white. I don't see any mention of any other group. And I saw a male and female. I don't see another way of looking at who might be being 
excluded in this data and I'm sure they exist but people just don't care about it in the moment I think that's fine if society wants to focus on these things because of the, the history of certain things however I think whatever people do it's gonna happen and I also don't think that they have to attach the moral weight onto it because I think that they're just as complicit as anybody else even as they're trying to fix one issue, they're going to be creating another issue. I also think that it's interesting what she became famous for. There are models that would misidentify dark-skinned females as males, more so 34% than with other groups and with white males who were only misidentified 0.8%. So that's what we're talking about. And of course, we're missing the numbers from all the other groups because I don't have time to read that paper. Maybe they listed them all, but nobody cares about them. It's like they don't even exist, as always. I really would be interested in seeing what the numbers were for the other groups. And we could always decide as humans who care about society to analyze people in another way. We could find something else to be outraged over. Actually, I did look a little bit at the paper and I just want to say that she decided or she and her co-author decided to use skin color in terms of light to dark because as I know, since I'm not from the US, the way people categorize themselves as black, white, etc., kind of changes depending on the which country they're from. They use something that was more uh, I guess uniform or stable to compare how representative data sets that were being used were of the global population. Which I think is kind of cool, actually. I mean, I make my other points, but I do think that it's cool that she found that they're still not really representing the global population because you're deciding to analyze black versus white at the end of the day. That is how everybody says in this study, when a lot of the globe, I don't think, categorizes themselves as black versus white. And I don't think this problem can be avoided. If you want to call it a problem in the first place, you're just always, you're always going to have an issue. If they're finding content online, who is stopping other people from creating content? And who can blame creators of the initial technology and culture supporting the technology and making it become popular who can stop them from being who they are and bringing their culture to the platform? Is someone like Gebru and the people who care about this at Google, are they going to go to India and tell them to stop using their people and culture in whatever they're creating? If something they develop then becomes used a lot, are they gonna go and get mad at them because the training data they used mostly had what they were familiar with? Are they going to go anywhere else and tell people to stop making things that are familiar to them? I don't think the suggestion is wrong, but I think that the antagonism is actually illogical because she's going where her feedback is most welcome. And that is where she's most angry. She can only speak and complain because she knows that she's going to be heard and listened to. So it's almost odd that she's saying that her voice is being marginalized when she was at the head, which is the most influential position you can have for this topic that you care about. And she's on Twitter and everybody's telling her story. Even as I'll get to in a bit, Google agrees with her and most major companies and corporations and news outlets they're going to take her aside because this is the modern social justice issue which is just what people care about right now in the moment and what brings them power and prestige i can see why you would want to think this is an issue or see it as an issue but i also think it's just one issue and there's probably many other issues that no one cares about the other complaint, which seems to be an ongoing complaint from her, is that Google doesn't hire enough women for her and people who think like her liking. And when I saw that, I was just like, hello. <laughs> I thought about James Damore and the fact that he was asked for feedback on this 
supposed problem that Google thought that they had and then he was fired about it and I just have to say, like, are you actually interested in learning the answers? Because if people give you alternative explanations and then you just reject them and call them racist and bigoted and sexist, then I don't know. I guess you can just keep trying and keep inviting people like Gabriel into your company and then seeing that the only thing that can ever happen if you say something negative towards them or view their behavior as negative is that you also get called racist and bigoted and sexist because that's the only argument you can have when you look at everything through race and gender and don't assign individual people their individual responsibility rather than boxing them into groups beforehand and yeah <laughs> so James Damore gave an explanation. I have an interview with him you can check out if you want. I also personally have a recent video talking about the lack of black STEM graduates and women. I mentioned that too. I kind of go into detail about it because people have researched and studied, studied these things. But activists get people who talk about these topics in a way that doesn't just blame companies for being racist, sexist, bigoted. They get them censored. And those people get called bigoted, racist, and sexist without looking into what they have to say, which might be valuable to helping you figure out what's going on. This is a side note. In Gabriel's letter, she mentions the Congressional Black Caucus. Shocker, I think that organization should not exist. I understand the historical roots of it, but if there can't be a Congressional White Caucus, then there shouldn't be a Congressional Black Caucus. That's another topic, not for this video, but that's just a side note. Contrary to what Jeff Dean said, I think that they should stop work on critical diversity, equity, and inclusion programs because I think that they are a farce and that they are only focused on one kind of diversity. This kind of internal politics, I think, has to be exhausting for any employee that is not on board. Consulting someone regarding ethics, which is broader than racial or gender bias, ethics is much broader than that, I think, is a okay and a good thing. However, if you have that as a focus of the department or the group when you're supposed to be focusing on artificial intelligence, which is much, much broader than racial and gender bias, that's another thing altogether. I personally would much rather work at a company that didn't focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion at all. And I don't think that a corporation can respond to the needs of people in this way. And something I really, really want to mention is that Timnit Gebru does not speak for black women. She speaks for people who think like her. That's anyone of any race. Those are the only people she speaks for, people who agree with her. Jeff Dean said that they approved of other papers that she had written, but that didn't seem to matter when she was complaining. I don't think Google could win, even if they were trying to. The fact that she offered to resign, I agree that they did fire her, but she offered to resign and then got upset that she's not working there anymore. And that to me, along with the ultimatum thing, seems like she was trying to control what happened she wanted to have more control over that process and then i have to ask shouldn't google have control over whether or not they're officially supporting whatever research publication she's putting out there if google doesn't follow every suggestion or proposal that gebru and people like her make then are they sexist or racist or whatever? I don't think so, but they're always going to be put in that way once they don't meet some demand. It's a fight for a cultural dominance, ultimately. It's a fight for placing your worldview in this gender racial bias sense into the world. That is what Gabriel is doing, <laughs> even though she, I think, 
pointed as an actual issue. This is a fight for cultural dominance and that's why people call it culture wars. And so when I saw this story, I thought, is this a shift in companies deciding to not bend to the demands of people like Gabriel who are just doing activism really? And it seemed that way, but recently Google's CEO, Sundar Pichai, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, he responded. Apparently, 1,000 people signed a memo titled Standing with Dr. Timnit Gebru, hashtag I support Timnit, hashtag believe black women. <laughs> this is horrifying, the hashtag believe black women. You guys know I don't like stuff like this because it says that you should believe someone not because they're them, but because they are some group. Like I said, really, really, really important to note Tim Nate represents the views of people who think like her. Whatever their race, that's it. She doesn't represent anything else. Ultimately, she actually represents herself, but people who agree with her, only people who agree with her, she also represents their views. That's it. She does not represent black women. She might represent black women who agree with her. That might be a lot of black women. It's probably not, actually. But that's it. This petition also complains that only 1.6% of the people employed by Google are black women. I laughed when I read that. I have a video talking about the number of black people in uh, STEM and people like me get censored. People like James Damore get censored because they offer um, an alternative explanation. This real change that they're demanding happen, if they don't find it, what's gonna happen? There is no win-win scenario until they meet this arbitrary, I don't even know what it is, quota number that they have. And then what happens to all the other tech companies if Google manages to fill their quota because they are also looking from the same pool of talent. I guess they're just going to be called racist and sexist and bigoted and journalists are going to write stories about them while dismissing research that might help answer the question because it's just racist, sexist and bigoted. Everything does not mean racism and sexism. Even when you see differences in outcomes, which is essentially what these arguments about racial and gender bias come down to. There are differences in outcomes, including what uh, Gebru saw in her research paper. Her and I can't pronounce her name. The other woman who made the paper. You can highlight these things, but assigning the negative intention, I don't think you can really say that that is true. Google started bending again, and this is what Pichar said. The subject of his memo was committing to our work on racial equity and artificial intelligence ethics. So this is Sundar Pichai replying about a week later after all the hullabaloo online and social media and on Twitter and all the complaining and the shots fired. Hi everyone. One of the things I've been most proud of this year is how Googlers from across the company came together to address our racial equity commitments. It's hard, important work. And while we're steadfast in our commitment to do better, we have a lot to learn and improve. An important piece of this is learning from our experiences like the departure of Dr. Timmy Gebru. I've heard the reaction to Dr. Gebru's departure loud and clear. It seeded doubts and led some in our community to question their place at Google. I want to say how sorry I am for that and I accept the responsibility of working to restore your trust. First, we need to assess the circumstances that led up to Dr. Gebru's departure, examining where we could have improved and led a more respectful process. We will begin a review of what happened to identify all the points where we can learn, considering everything from de-escalation strategies to new processes we can put in place. 
Jeff and I have spoken and are fully committed to doing this. One of the best aspects of Google's engineering culture is our sincere desire to understand where things go wrong and how we can improve. Second, we need to accept responsibility for the fact that a prominent black the black is capitalized. Gabriel also capitalized it. A prominent black female leader with immense talent left Google unhappily. This loss has had a ripple effect through some of our least represented communities who saw themselves and some of their experiences reflected in Dr. Gebru's. It was also keenly felt because Dr. Gebru is an expert in an important area of artificial intelligence ethics that we must continue to make progress on. Progress that depends on our ability to ask ourselves challenging questions. It's incredibly important to me that our black women and underrepresented Googlers know that we value you and you do belong at Google. And the burden of pushing us to do better should not fall on your shoulders. We started a conversation together earlier this year when we announced a broad set of racial equity commitments to take a fresh look at all of our systems from hiring and leveling to promotion and retention and to address the need for leadership accountability across all of these steps. The events of the last week are a painful but important reminder of the progress we still need to make. This is a top priority for me and the Google leads, and I want to recommit to translating the energy that we've seen this year into real change as we move forward into 2021 and beyond. Sundar. I'm sorry, it's difficult for me to read <clears throat> without re reacting in the moment sometimes. <sighs> so this capitalization of the word black, I can't stand it. When you capitalize something, it means that you're saying this is a special category that points to a distinct thing. The uses of the words black and white, I think originally came from the pure descriptive sense, which is what I prefer. Because when you start capitalizing that word, you're saying you're attaching a lot more than the physical description of someone to that word. That's racist, in my opinion. So Pitcher said, we need to accept responsibility for the fact that a prominent black female leader with immense talent left Google unhappily. I don't see why it matters if that's not why she was fired. Why is there an assumption that she was fired because she's a black female leader? And I'm sure that they fire people with immense talent all the time. Was this response performative? I think likely both performative and with some belief. The politics stuff, people arguing on Twitter, that's not really important to me personally. There are always two sides to the story. I think Google was technically censoring and she was technically overstepping her role and simply trying to get her away. But the issues that they're discussing and her using her being a supposedly marginalized voice, even though she was in an influential position where her views could be heard, plus the assumption that the only way to analyze the event is through race, I think that this is beyond just what's happening at Google. It's really something else that these discussions allow people to justify viewing others primarily through the lens of race while seeing that they're trying to not do that. One of the articles I was reading on this story, it's a Bloomberg article. First of all, it talks about George Floyd, which I think is just emotional manipulation. So it's tying the event to how everybody feels about the George Floyd situation. Not really. It's a very narrow way of assessing what happened. You could go at it from a, the censorship role. You could just talk about the employee-employer relationship. You don't really have to mention race at all, or you could have it as a subtext rather than as the main thing. But I guess that's not possible in this modern world. Social justice. There's a quote in this Bloomberg article that says, Gabriel is the reason many next generation engineers, data scientists, and more are inspired to work in tech. 
this is someone in the AI field. I read that quote and I thought that that's sad. <laughs> that that would be the reason that someone, the main reason, because it's like the reason, someone is attracted to going into the technology field. I think that that could be one reason, like you might be inspired by her doing that, but artificial intelligence as a field, as with many fields that are just being siphoned through this woke lens view, it's way broader than that. There's so much more that could get you interested in working in or doing research or applying artificial intelligence. Why on earth would you be attracted because someone has a very narrow niche? And I'm not saying it's not important, but it's one niche in terms of looking at bias in artificial intelligence. When artificial intelligence, that's like a very, very secondary thing. That's not what artificial intelligence is about. In terms of Google, I guess my parting words would be, this is a comment that I saw on a Gulag Archipelago video, which yes, I am actively working on. Someone said, nobody escapes hell by dancing with the devil. If they don't meet their quota, well, Google is forever sexist, racist, bigoted, no matter what they do. So that is my view. Do take the time to support this channel and this content so you can hear me dissect these topics and events. You can go to justthinkingoutloud.tv slash support so you can hear more content like this and have an alternative voice out there speaking about these things. Thank you for watching or listening. I hope that you have a good day and I'll talk to you soon. So I'm just going to give you my normal spiel towards the end. Don't forget to follow me on other platforms. It's just a matter of time before I and many other people are no longer allowed to have the wrong opinions and continue to be taken off of platforms. So take the time, look in the description, follow me elsewhere. You probably like that you did it down the road because you'll be able to find me. You remember this girl from Jamaica who hates identity politics and she talks about all these different topics and she's kind of reasoned about it and she looks at data and whatever other reason you like listening to my content. Support it. Find me elsewhere. Follow me elsewhere. I think it's worth your time. I also want to give you guys a mini update. I moved twice in three months and it took me a while to get around to setting everything up again. I missed you guys. You probably missed some of you hearing, um, seeing a video from me. I am working on the Gulag Archipelago. I already have my notes for the next video and I already started doing more reading and listening more for the next one. So I promise you that it's coming. I haven't forgotten about it. It's a lot of work. Don't forget you can support the channel. Just thinking out loud at TV slash support. That would be very much appreciated and help support that if you want to hear it. I also want to give my final call for help with the channel. I already got a response. This is your last chance if you want to be involved in making making this happen. Send me a direct message on Twitter or go to justthinkingoutloud.tv slash contact and send me a message, final call. And then apart from my JTOL updates, I just want to remind you guys that you are a human being. 
I see myself as a human being first and foremost anything else is secondary and I definitely encourage you to see other people you the people who follow and listen to me as human beings as well because the world is going down this road of collectivism which strips people off the responsibility that they should be assigned properly because they're the ones making decisions um the responsibility for what they do and who they are how they act what they say in the world what they've done that should be assigned to the person who does it it shouldn't be assigned to someone who happens to be born by accident into some specific group whether that be class race gender or any of it um i think it's really 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 important that people are judged by their own their own actions their own character who they are and not what superficial traits they have sometimes that can match with whatever preconceived notion someone might have of someone but many of the times it doesn't i i really really think that's important and you know i'm just adding this and i think i'm just i think i'm gonna have to say it a lot because when i when i talk about these topics which i obviously they're very interesting to me you put people into these categories just to talk and i just want to remind you me i see myself as a human being and i see you as human beings and i do encourage you to see other people first and foremost as human beings obviously other things exist too there are other traits that we have but that is who we are we're individuals and then i just don't know why i didn't want to include this in the main video but gabru had this funny tweet where she says that she has to be silent but the official position of google and many large corporations in the end is to take our side and that's what she wanted and so it's funny because if she bullies google into agreeing with her but only superficially then she's gonna complain but then if they don't agree with her superficially then she's gonna complain so that's what happens when you bully people <laughs> that's what happens you, you can't coerce people like that i mean you can but then it's not real but like, there's no way to win there's no way to win with her approach I think I'm finished! My mouth is so dry! I have to drink some water. Ah.